I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I am Mike Grades, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to episode two of Who Killed JFK? Lee Harvey Oswald, a reply to Soledad O'Brien and, and Rob Reiner's podcast, Who Killed JFK? Because they're dum-dums. And this week, as always, I am joined by Arizona Right Watch, a.k.a. Haley. My mic wouldn't unmute. Hello, it's I, <laughs> the person that knows what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> Podcast professional, Haley. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, <laughs> so uh, episode one was not really full of a lot of information. It was pretty, uh, it was, it was main character syndrome. It was it's just a teaser. Rob, yeah. It was Rob Reiner was here to explain to us why he's the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas about all this stuff. And he, we got a little into uh, Oswald getting shot, and we got a little into uh, JFK wanting to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the wind and all that good stuff. And that was about it. So we have to tune into episode two to actually start getting into relevant information about the assassination of President Kennedy. We're finally going to find out what happened, I guess, maybe. And that's all the proof you need, though, is that because because that's even in the opener is Rob wants you to know that the fact that Kennedy said he was going to splinter the CIA is all the proof you fucking need, because then it like cuts to and then he's murdered. <laughs> it, 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 Solid, <laughs> the best part about that is that Soledad and Rob both do the spot where Soledad says, and then he was murdered. And then Rob grimly re repeats what she said. And he's like, and then he was murdered. 
<laughs> and it's just it's just this thing where they they just hit you over the head with it that can it like from the way they say it the from the way they spin it basically the the scenario they're putting in your head is that basically Kennedy's at a cabinet meeting or a meeting of the joint chiefs of staff. It's like this big room full of really important people. And Kennedy like bangs his fist on the table in anger, just wham. And then he's like, I'm going to splitter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter into the wind. And, and then he's won. And then, <laughs> and then they whacked him. Even Tommy, they whacked him. I mean, they got shot the president. I can't believe it, Rob. The president shot shot. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, but in reality, again, the sourcing for that quote is one anonymous source that told a New York Times reporter about the quote three years after Kennedy died. It's not like RFK and a bunch of senators or a bunch of cabinet officials were like, oh yeah, after the Bay of Pigs, Kennedy was red in the face, just. That dude hated the CIA. He was going to splinter them to a thousand pieces. Let me tell you. And, and the other thing about that is that the claim makes it look like the CIA is like, oh, man, Kennedy's mad at us. It's time to take him out. We got we to gotta put the – he's a mad dog and we got to put him down. I mean, it's it, it's like Kennedy and the CIA were at, at each other's throats. They were like almost going to blows at this point when – in reality, as Rob Reiner even brings up, the CIA were the guys who were like, yo, yo, Mr. President, the the, the Russians have missiles in Cuba. This this is no bueno. Like, if Kennedy didn't trust the CIA, he'd be like, no, I'm going to need more evidence than just a couple of your CIA lie planes. Not even spy planes. Ah, oh, I'm so clever. Um, flying over and saying they've got the missiles here. But nope, the CIA was just like, yo, Kennedy, we there's missiles in Cuba. And he's like, on it, chop, chop, let's go. So it's not as if Kennedy and the CIA didn't have a working relationship. I mean, he he did fire Alan Dulles and everyone, but again, that was what you do when you're the president and a mission goes wrong. You, you like It would have been really weird if after the Bay of Pigs, Kennedy was like, yeah, the guy that runs the CIA just botched the Bay of Pigs, bang up job, full confidence in him. I totally support that guy. Of course he fires him. But again, this this is part of the plot that like he fired Alan Dulles and Dulles was like, that damn Kennedy. Sleep with one eye open, JFK. Sleep with one eye open. He's just he's just coming for him. Like basically Kennedy Kennedy is he's Ned in episode one, Ned Ned Stark was Lee Harvey Oswald. In episode two, Ned Stark is JFK. Just this doe-eyed, honorable knave in a den of vipers, and then they got him. They Those vipers bit him, and they, and they put him down. So, yeah, we get this opening where we once again rehash the quote that is not actually a, something we know. It's not a quote that is in any way authenticated. And Soledad and Rob Reiner, again, Whenever they talk about Oswald, they're like the man suspected of assassinating the president. They they got to put that stank on the word suspected. It's, again, they're they're pulling out their exacto knives and they're carving around the word allegedly on the plaque on the Texas School Book Depository. They just gotta just gotta get that carving in and let you know that under no uncertain terms, only suspected, only allegedly. They're, um, no one was ever convicted in the assassination of President Kennedy. In the eyes of the law, the case remains unsolved. 
You know what other assassination is the same way? The assassination of Abraham Lincoln. But we're all cool with that. We all know Booth did it. it it's good. We're good. John Wilkes Booth did it. We don't have to call John Wilkes Booth the alleged assassin. He shot him in the head, then he got on stage and was like, Woo! I just killed the president! Yeah! Was so it, it was the like, mafia? You sure the, the mafia ma- wasn't involved? The mafia could have killed Lincoln. It's possible. They didn't exist for a hundred or so years. But it probably was the British crown. I would assume that if you're going to get into conspiracy theories of that era, it would be the Freemasons or the Brits. They were probably behind it. Because I, I bet what happened was um, Lincoln was like, oh, no, America's so broke. How can we ever repay our war debts from this terrible civil war? And one of his cabinet officials with a Freemason ring on was like, what if we turned America into a corporation? And and Lincoln was like, no, that would be a terrible idea. We can't do that. And then that guy was like, very well, Mr. President. And then he just like whispered to somebody, take that. Yep. Just, just gave the throat cut sign to somebody. And like, then he was murdered. And, and, then, he, and then he was murdered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, uh, episode, episode three of this podcast, we're just going to have clips of of their show, and they're not even going to be like important contextual clips. It's just going to be clips we find funny, like just like that, just just the Soledad and Rob Reiner both saying, "And then he was murdered." Just, <laughs> just so ridiculous. It's so cheesy. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, trying to get ourselves on track here, but basically. We start off with that, and again, uh, Reiner is like, Jack Ruby, a two-bit nightclub owner. And it's like, what if Jack Ruby was a successful nightclub owner? Would that have made it better for him killing (laughs) Oswald? Jack Ruby, who owned the nicest nightclub in all of Dallas. Hell, maybe all of Texas. Just decided to blow Lee Harvey Oswald away. But since he was a rich, successful businessman, who can blame him? I mean, it was just so weird that he's like, and then Jack Ruby. This insignificant worm killed the killed the assassin of the president. And it's like, yeah, that's that's how guns work. Guns, <laughs> guns like change the power level of everybody. If you have a gun, you are suddenly like more powerful than the person next to you who doesn't have a gun, no matter who they are. If I have a gun and I walk over to Bill Gates, and Bill Gates does not have a gun. I am in that moment more powerful than Bill Gates. No, you're just a two-bit podcaster. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then Mike Raines, a (laughs) two-bit podcaster, assassinated Bill Gates. (laughs) And then Bill Gates was murdered. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was murdered. (laughs) There is like this level of people need to understand, because you shouldn't listen to this. I don't know who's listening to this, because it's technically the number one podcast in America, correct? I don't know what metrics this is using. Yeah, it, 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 it was number two last I checked. It's st- it's still beating the Kelsey brothers, which, Kelsey brothers, it, it, have me on the show. I will vault you back above this dumb JFK thing. Like, I don't know this- who's watching it. It's 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 kind of an odd production. It's kind of like we're playing, we're playing spy. There's a lot of spy music, kind of noir music. Um, <sighs> and I keep looking for people talking about this because Reiner keeps saying we're going to name four assassins we're gonna name four people involved in the assassination in the final episode and you know i just don't see anyone like on the timeline or in any meaningful circles giving a single fucking shit about this podcast so i'm like who's listening but you said you saw it on the aarp yeah yeah like i i did so i was looking up for rob reiner on twitter on google and 
like a link to who killed Kennedy popped up being advertised for by AARP. And apparently uh, on Monday night football or something on some pregame show, Chris Russo, one of the hosts was like, they had a segment was like, what are you talking about? And apparently Chris Russo did a segment on the JFK podcast instead of talking about football. And it was just so it's trying to get into the zeitgeist. I don't know how (laughs) successful it is, but apparently a bunch of pilled conspira boomers and I guess Chris Russo are like the target audience for this thing. And you. And me. But I I mean, but I'm doing this out of uh, research. This is like this would be like saying that the guys from Knowledge Fight are the target audience for Alex Jones. I mean, it's like, no. I am the target audience for this because you have made me angry. This is, I th- this is a literal hate watch, and I'm granting this thing exactly one view. Actually, that's probably not true. I listen, I, I've, I've listened to the first two episodes two or three times each because like well, I because I listen to it once in a, just a seething rage, and then eventually when I am able to lower my blood pressure and stress level, then I start taking notes. So it's like. Episode three is going to be painful. I got to tell you, I've listened to it and it's bad. So I can't wait until I have to take, I have to do my note taking run through on episode three, because that is going to be a, uh, it's a 30 minute podcast. Like I'm just going to have to block off two hours. because just going to be like, oh man, this is going to suck. So anyhow, so we get into this properly now and it starts with basically Hoover and LBJ and the evil people of the government not wanting a lot of people to investigate this, that they just want to have like their people put the thumb on the scale, do the investigation they want done so they can get the result they want. And we have like a couple of phone calls of Hoover and Lyndon Johnson talking about this kind of thing. And of course, uh, Reiner and Soledad make this all sound really conspiratorial and sinister instead of it just being like, damn, man, we need to pin this on Oswald and just move America past it. Because if we don't pin this on Oswald, the world could end. And this is something that's very weird in this section where um, they talk about how Earl Warren, the, the, head of the Warren Commission, obviously, but Earl Warren, who was the chief justice at the time, he did not want to run the investigation into the president. And basically his reason for that was whatever I find, whatever I report on, people are just going to poke holes on it. It's not going to like the genie's already out of the lamp. I'm not going to be able to shove the genie back into the lamp. The, this, the bell's already been rung. We can't unring it. And Lyndon Johnson told him, if you don't do this, 20 million Americans could die. And the reason what he was saying was, is if some crackpot gets it into America's heads that the Cubans or the Russians did this, then we're going to have to go to war. And that ain't going to go well for anybody. So I need you to blame Lee Harvey Oswald for this and let us move past it. And Earl Warren's like, fine, whatever. And this is this is this is the important thing about all this is the Warren Commission was a cover up and you can like clip that and make me sound like a conspiracy theorist it's fine but they were not in the business of 
trying to find, quote unquote, the truth about the Kennedy assassination. They had their suspect. They had their evidence. Their job was to just nail this guy. And Reiner has this really hilarious thing where he's like, there's this memo that says that the point of the Warren Commission was that Oswald should be found to be the sole assassin and that he would have been convicted at trial if he had gone to trial. Imagine what would have happened if Oswald's lawyers had got a hold of that. It's like, Rob, you, you do realize that memo exists because Oswald died. They they never would have wrote that memo had he had lived. And you do understand how a prosecution works, right? Like, the prosecution was going to try to convict Lee Harvey Oswald of killing the president. The prosecutor in the case of Lee Harvey Oswald, the, uh, the state of Dallas, was not going to be, hey, guys, 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 guys. Let's let's review all the evidence. Let's let's look for everything we can. Let's leave the possibility open that Oswald's innocent. Like, no. A prosecutor who has a suspect who's been arrested for a crime tries to convict that suspect. That's that's how this works. That's the American legal system. So it, it just I could not roll my eyes hard enough when Reiner was like, Oh my god, if Oswald's lawyers had seen this, it's like they never would have, because it never would have been written. Like there's a cause and effect here. Oswald dies, and then the government is like, fuck, we really needed to convict that asshole. So it's like, okay, let's commit, let's create an investigative panel and convict him in absentia, and then everyone will be happy and we can move on. And that was that was what this was. And Reiner says it's it, he's he's mad that it had a predetermined result, which just like his podcast does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob Rob Reiner, open minded, objective, <laughs> just looking at all the facts, and more importantly, presenting all the facts to you, the listener, in an objective and unbiased fashion. <laughs> Spoiler alert: I'm about to have a stroke at the end of this podcast. I am so <laughs> angry at the end of this podcast. You have no idea. Um. Yeah, Rob's super mad that the Warren Commission knew that they were going to nail Oswald and that's all there was to it. And that's fine because I get it. I, and I understand from everyone's side why people feel the way they did. The Warren Commission felt the need to convict Oswald because they couldn't let people think a foreign power did it and they weren't going to blame the, their own government. <laughs> I can imagine Earl Warren going like, oh my God. It turned out the CIA did kill the president. Yeah, that would be a... He's going to tell Lyndon Johnson that. Hey, LBJ, turns out that your intelligence officers went rogue and killed the president on your... <laughs> so I get all of that. And... Um, but at the same time, because it was done that way, conspiracy theorists can have a field day with this because any stone that was not unturned, anything that wasn't looked into or investigated can be seen as a part of a cover-up of what really happened instead of just being a cover-up where it was like, it's in the best interest of everybody to not have a nuclear war and kill everyone. Like, that's one of the things, like, really funny is that Reiner's, like, so mad and he's basically Rorschach from The Watchmen. He's like, the truth, even if it leads to a nuclear war of the Soviet Union. And it's like, really? Really, Rob? Like, Rob's, like, got the evidence of, like, the KGB and the grassy hole shooting JFK. And then some FBI guys like, Rob, 
Rob, you need you need to put that evidence away. And he's like, no, I must show the world. And then that FBI agent just murders him the way Dr. Manhattan murdered Rorschach. Although he doesn't mind explode him, he just uses a gun. So spoiler alerts for Watchmen if you haven't read the comic. And it's been only out for like 30 years or whatever. So sorry. Tough break. Ruined Watchmen for you. Sorry. Not sorry. But uh, anyways, uh, so the Warren Commission convicts Oswald. And then people start like poking holes at the Warren Commission and looking at what they said and what they actually did and how they investigated it. And one thing they bring up is they're like, then there's this Katzenbach memo where this guy was really upset about how biased they were. And if you've read the Katzenbach memo, it's actually just really this incredibly lawyerly and boring memo where he's like, here it's kind of fuzzy on when the cops saw Oswald on the second floor. So maybe we can clean that language up. And then on this area here, it's basically just, Grammarly. It's basically, can we tighten up some verbiage? Can we strengthen this or work on that? It. I didn't read a lot in that memo that was just like, guys, guys, we're going way too hard on Oswald here. Maybe, maybe dial it back a little on poor Lee. I mean, cut the man some slack. I don't know. The person that's uh, reading the Katzenbeck memo in this part too is Dick Russell, who serves as the show producer and he's the guy who wrote the man who knew too much have you ever read that uh the man who knew too much is about richard richard case nagel who is uh basically the best way to describe him is probably someone who was battling a traumatic brain injury for most of his life because he was in the military and he was involved in a really gnarly plane crash that like probably screwed him up really badly and one of the things that uh that he did was he went into a bank and like fired bullets into the ceiling and there's this like huge like wow cool there's just basically it's it's this huge argument about why he did it because conspiracy theorists say that Nagel claimed he wanted to be taken into custody before Kennedy got murdered because he knew that he might be blamed when it happened so that alleges foreknowledge right exactly exactly he's the man who knew too much and. Other people just say that, like, Nagel never said any of that, that Nagel was just actually nuts and wanted to go to to prison to get mental health treatment because America was letting him fall through the cracks in regular society. So, yeah, Nagel's story is a very bizarre one. But, of course, because this podcast is all pilled people, it's just super intense just all day every day everything leads to conspiracy and proves that conspiracy is real yeah and 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 the gist of a lot of this was that kennedy knew he was facing off against diabolical forces and that he was really kind of risking his life like doing these motorcades and eventually in dallas his luck ran out which is really grim. And you would think that if Kennedy knew he was in such a high stakes chess match against such deadly enemies, that he wouldn't have been risking his personal safety by riding around in open top cars that were barely moving that like, maybe he would have like beefed up the security and not done these things. But that all happens. And then we find out about, uh, Alan Dulles being put on the Warren Commission, which is incredibly sinister and ominous. And 
not because he was like a political apparatchik who like knew people and was seen as a steady hand on the wheel. And they start pissing and moaning about the Warren Commission. And then we get to the single bullet theory. And this is episode three goes deeper into the single bullet and starts just lying pathologically about it. But the single bullet theory is the backbone of the Warren Commission report, as Reiner accurately concludes. Because, and the main thing here is that the Warren Commission got backed into the single bullet theory due to the evidence that was presented to them that they didn't want to hear. Because again, they were trying to cover this all up. And they've got Kennedy getting shot in the neck. They got Connolly getting shot in the back, the wrist and the thigh. And they got Kennedy getting shot in the head. So they're like, okay, we got a ton of wounds. Let's make this work. First shot hits Kennedy in the neck. Second shot hits Connolly in the back. Third shot gets Kennedy in the head. Boom, we solved the case. Let's go golfing. Then this guy named James Taig comes out of the woodwork and says, I was hit by a bullet during the assassination, and I was like a million miles away from Kennedy. There's no way my bullet could have been involved in anything that happened in the car. That's that's all there is to it. And now the Warren Commission is like, oh, no, we have to make all the non-lethal wounds sync up to a single bullet. And this is where Arlen Specter, who uh, is known as Single Bullet Specter, and is going to be a lot of venom thrown at him in both in this episode and in episode three. Arlen Specter comes up with a single bullet theory, which is that the bullet hit Kennedy in the neck, exited his throat, hits Connolly in the back, exits Connolly's chest, hits his wrist, embeds in his thigh. Boom. There's all your wounds, one bullet squared away. And basically, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're just like, nope, that couldn't possibly work. That's a bunch of malarkey. Go to hell, you lying liars. And that is pretty much Reiner starts down this path in this episode. And he gets into this very weird headspace. And it's the most bizarre attack on the single bullet I've ever heard, where he talks about how some reporter. Gaten Fonzie. Yeah, Gaten oh. Fonz. Yeah, no, no. no <laughs> please give names because a lot of times <laughs> Reiner just throws so many names out there. That I know just... this one was like, you better know every character in the fucking assassination down to the most minor fucking character because we're just going to be like, so Gaten Fonzie comes in, and then Arlen Specter walks in, and then and then Oswald comes in, and they all have a drink with Dick Gregory, and it's like I have to Google all these names, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't even get me started on Joe Giannini. George Joe oh, Giannini's. Yeah. Oh my God! Like, like the the most bit characters you could possibly imagine. Rob Reiner's just naming them off as as so everybody listening to the podcast is just nodding along, going, "Yeah, George Giannini's. Yep, yep, yep." He just uh, wants you to know that he knows every fucking name involved in the assassination. He just, he wants you to know. I've read every book. I've yeah, watched he, every movie. He, <laughs> I'm yeah, not he, well. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he, like he wants you to know he's got notes in front of him and he can name people off those notes. Boy, howdy, does he know these people? <laughs> so this reporter goes at Arlen Specter about the single bullet, and the weird thing is, is he's like, "Why didn't you interview eyewitnesses? Why didn't you talk to the Secret Service?" And it's those people wouldn't have been able to say anything about the single bullet, like. What eyewitness could possibly explain the single bullet to 
a lay person who didn't see it. Because you as a witness, you probably wouldn't be able to wrap your head around watching two people get hit with the same bullet at the same time. Like that would be really hard to piece together. Uh, not the least of which being the reason that like, you're probably just watching the president and the governor of Texas as kind of a minor character. And when the president of the United States just brings his hands up to his throat, like, Oh shit, I've been shot. You're <laughs> probably looking at him. And then maybe out of your peripheral vision, you might notice that the governor just sort of like fell over a little, but you probably like, I mean, like they're like, they didn't even interview the secret service and the secret service are behind Kennedy they almost assuredly do not have line of sight on Connolly. They couldn't see him. And they and only Clint Hill, the guy that we see in the Zapruder film running to push Jackie back into the limo, like none of them react. So like basically, what were those guys gonna say? Oh yeah, I saw the president's arms come up. Connolly? I, I don't know. Well did something happen to him, I guess. I mean, it is the most bizarre thing to be like, he didn't even interview eyewitnesses eyewitnesses to an event that happened within like a tenth of a second like what kind of what kind of a bizarre like photographic memory would people have to have here's a little hint for you rob there's a thing called the zapruder film you can just watch it and see the magic bullet happen in real time before your very eyes and if you want you can rewind it and play it back and see it again reiner says the path doesn't make sense reiner says the evidence doesn't make sense so Right, he just like you know. With, with, I don't know. <laughs> right, and, and and the thing is, in this episode, he doesn't even explain why. He's just like the single bullet just doesn't add up, and that's it. He just he basically it just wants to convey to you through inflection and tone of voice that he is right about this. And if you're maybe asking, well, where's your evidence that the single bullet is wrong? In this episode, you're not going to get it because Rob just isn't going to tell you. He's just going to snarkily be like, yeah, so the evidence for the single bullet just doesn't work. It's just nonsense. It's it's Boulder Dash. And then uh, a jazzy noir riff hits and then suddenly you're getting an ad for stamps.com. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's just like <laughs> they just really don't they don't they don't and they don't present their case very well except to just say that like Arlen Specter's single bullet theory was silly cuz he didn't dig into it hard enough and they blamed the the media they blamed the media cuz this is the one time Soledad comes in and she's like the media didn't care at the time she's like if you look at statistics 77% of the people trusted the government at the time now it's at 16% and she's like, they just didn't question it up until this gate and Fonzie. And that was kind of why he was introduced. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, there's this like big moment where the two of them have this like little talk where they're just like, yeah, back then just people trusted the government, which is why they let him get away with killing Kennedy. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's like, if only we had the just absolutely just nothing but contempt for our government that that we have today for the government back then they wouldn't have dared try to kill the president you know what else would have happened we would have not liked kennedy nearly as much kennedy would have been <laughs> a far less beloved figure because uh fyi like the press and the secret service and everyone it was kind of an open secret that jfk was fucking everything that moved in, in his field of vision and the press just kept it under wraps back then. Whereas nowadays, 
if you're the that's president, fun. you you just can't have sex with anything you you want because that's a scandal that people like to talk about and embarrass you about. I mean, Bill Clinton ran into a linen closet to get a blowjob and it, he got impeached for it. I mean, so it's like uh, uh, JFK having a deli, having one of those deli ticket things lined outside his bedroom for women to just tr- draw their ticket and wait for their number to be called probably would have been a thing that would have been reported on if we were the just absolutely nihilistic, jaded, cynical society that we are nowadays. And so since so many people did trust the government back then, and we've uh, now in the today, so many people are pilled as fuck about JFK conspiracies. Does that mean if there was an assassination today with 17% people trusting our government, it would just be the end of America? It, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that like, think about it, Mike, I, think about it. If, if, if Trump was assassinated, how would the public react to, to that? Do you think anyone would ever be normal about that? No. Or any investigation that ever happened around that? No, no, because nothing, nothing could happen. Like, it, it, so the, the Trump's the obvious one because he's so polarizing and he's such an absolute, like demagogue that has Hillary. a death group. <laughs> That's the thing is that Hillary or if Hillary or Biden got assassinated, it would kind of burnish their legacy in a way. Cause I feel like there would be more sympathy for them and the fact that they got killed and that that would, and cause it, it would basically, it would, it would break the brains of QAnon if Biden got assassinated, because the whole point of this thing is that the deep state's running everything and that, Kennedy and Trump were like rogue presidents who tried to buck the system and they murdered Kennedy and then they, they cheated to push Trump out. But if Biden got assassinated, I, I mean, they would, they would make it a deep state false flag to try to burnish, to get, to make him look good. And Harris was who they always wanted to destroy America anyways, and all that kind of stuff. But if Trump got assassinated, oh, that that's it. Just just stop the train because we we're, we're getting off. Because there's there's nothing that could there's nothing that could possibly be said that would make it work. Because like it it could be like a John Wilkes Booth level assassination where it's a guy literally walks up to him, everyone sees it on camera, guy kills Trump, gets arrested. Even if it was a lone gunman who. Then we go on Twitter and he's just absolutely nuts, like a total schizophrenic. They'd be like, MK Ultra Sleeper Agent, the CIA put him up to it. Boom, like, well, it's not obvious. Right. It's not obvious. He just has the Twitter right there, just sitting there, like yep. everybody else does. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of that. All of that. I mean, it would, it w- yeah, like there, there, there could be no assassin that would not be uh, suspect, that would not destroy the quote unquote official narrative, according to the nut jobs. Like, there's no way a Trump assassination wouldn't be just an absolute dumpster fire of a just like the, the, the there would be actual white people riots in America. Like this is the, that's the thing that would just people would freak out. They would lose their minds and it wouldn't matter if it was very obviously just a kook. If it was just a dumb lone wolf nut, like they would, they would blame the government for it. There would be like, I don't know there to be like an attack on the Capitol, but there'd be something like the Oklahoma City bombing. There'd be like terrorism that people would actually plan in an effort to attack the government in response to this. Even if, again, there was no indications whatsoever that the government had anything to do with it. 
it just it just wouldn't fly. It wouldn't fly. Like, uh, and I and I feel that way about pretty much. I mean, Biden's just so boring. That's his kind of superpower is he's a guy. But this was a thing that actually happened when Obama was president was Obama was in some government building. I think it was the CDC and the CDC has like their own private security in the building. And Obama got on an elevator and I think he had a secret service guard or two with him on the elevator. So it wasn't like he was like unprotected, but on the elevator with him was a CDC security guard who had a loaded gun. Just this random like $15 an hour rent-a-cop was in this elevator with the president. (laughs) And it's just like, imagine if that guy just like lost his mind and killed Obama in that moment. No one would believe that. No No one in a million years would believe that like the secret service just fucked up so egregiously that they let some dumb idiot with a gun get within two feet of the president. They'd be like, oh yeah, they killed him. They couldn't have a black president. I mean, black people would burn America to the ground and have every right to do so. Like, it would just be the most, that would have been the most unacceptable lone gunman in the history of the universe. But it was a thing that happened. I mean, there was like this big, I remember reading reports like about a month after like the incident where they were like, Secret Service really screwed this one up. Oh boy, howdy. That that was a close call. Good thing that guy was normal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Good thing that guy didn't think that like, president. It's right in front of me. If I want to kill him, I can. And ding! Elevator opens. It was Obama's. probably just like registering for too long. He's like, is this for real? Am I like in here with the fucking president? I got my gun on me. I could do totally do so. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> oh, well. Holy smokes. That, that, man, what a sliding doors moment that was. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was, that was getting dark there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> the elevator opened. Yeah, good thing the elevator opened. I, I could have altered world history. Holy <laughs> shit. That's a little bit above my pay grade. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's like, yeah, n- like no assassination now would ever fly like on this level. Because, I mean, it, it's it, and also, I mean, that presidents are so much better protected now. Like, we just don't do things where... Because, like, Obama talked about this a lot, where he would be like, hey, can I do this thing? And Sears would be like, no, no, you cannot. Like, there was this, he was, they landed Air Force One somewhere, and the place where he was going to go give the speech was, like, a quarter mile away. And Obama was like, hey, can we just walk to the rally? And the Secret Service was like, no, get in the beast. Get in the beast now. And he's like, fine, I'll get in my armored death tank. So he had to get in the beast and like drive two minutes to the rally, get out of the beast, and then get up on the podium. Like, it's like that's like they they really don't want presidents to get shot now. Like, like just it's like so bizarre watching like Kennedy's presidency. He did a ton of these motorcades. This wasn't just like a one off thing that he did. Like him just riding around in open top limos with the Secret Service way too far away from him to protect him was just par for the course. And when Bobby Kennedy ran for president in 68, he made it a point to campaign in an open topped car in every city he went to. He was literally just like, I ain't scared of what you did to my brother. I ain't scared. Come at me, bro. And then they <laughs> it's like, try it him. again. <laughs> yeah. And then they shot him in a pantry in a, in a hotel. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, also lone gunman, Sir Hanser had acted alone. Shut up, all of you. So, anyways, but, um, so, yeah, 
so we get this single bullet theory and uh, like Reiner again is just like the stuff Arlen Specter overlooked was legendary. He's just like he's he's not actually engaging, he's just contemptuous. He's just angry the whole time. The first half of this is why you don't believe the Warren Commission. The second half of this is why you don't believe the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Right? It's kind of that. Right, right. Yeah, the the first half of this is just the Warren Commission is a bunch of bupkis. And And that's why we need the House Select Committee of Assassinations. And then it's like, they go over that and he's like, now here's why that's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing about this, so um, what happens is the Zapruder, so the Warren Commission happens, people are poking holes in it, and Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. At this point, Rob Reiner is now talking about the uh, JFK truther subculture. The doubters. The doubters. The JFK This is my truthers. favorite part. Yes. <laughs> so uh, give us your book report on Dick Gregory now. Well, you have to explain why Dick Gregory is relevant. Because also Robert Grodin is in this bit, who we met. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah we hung out with the Grodster on, on the grassy knoll. He and his wife. Signed, yeah, and his wife. Uh, he signed. Uh, he signed something for Haley. Whatever little pamphlet his magazine, or, his absolute magazine. proof magazine. That's kind of his shtick. He's right. he gets cited on the on the grassy knoll like constantly because he doesn't have a permit to actually sell all that shit. Um, so he's punk. And yeah, when we were so for those of you listeners who didn't listen to our Texas episode, which you should, um, when we met him at the you know assassination site he was he was locked in a conversation with some other people and mike had to go to a football game and i was about to go catch my plane so we were kind of in a rush just catching the final day um weekend warriors with all the gore all the all the kennedy gore magazines and photos and uh, you know, you could take a photo with a life-size JFK tarp. Um, this yeah, guy. One, one quick thing I wanted to bring up is that we were in Dealey Plaza for like three days before this, and none <laughs> of this was there. Sunday is apparently Sunday Fun Day on the grassy knoll in <laughs> Dealey Plaza. All the kooks come out with their bloody autopsy photos and just all, all their yeah. They they bring out their Sunday best. 
there's I, I I don't know if it was Groden himself, but somebody hung a banner on the stockade fence saying, "This is the famous grassy knoll," yeah. as if you were in Daly Plaza and you wouldn't notice it. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this in that that pod also, and Rob Reiner has yet to bring this up, even though Rob Reiner explained to us in the in the first episode that he went to Daly Plaza. But Daly Plaza is incredibly small, tiny. Whatever you think of this place, it is really small. You can walk from the Texas. If you wanted to, like, basically, like, jog from the Texas School Book Depository to the Grassy Knoll, it might take you 20, 30 seconds, maybe. It is not a distance. It is, it's not like Kennedy was, was like, being shot at from people that were firing across football fields. Like, all of the, the range of fire here is measured in feet, not yards. These aren't massive distances that these bullets were traveling. So it's like the idea that the kill that kill teams were secretly like moving into position. It's like, no, there's not enough room. People would have seen them. <laughs> this is a very small piece of property. <laughs> so uh, uh, Dick Gregory is important because he was the host of a show with Geraldo Rivera. And this show has Robert Groden on it, and what ha- and Groden was the first man to get a copy of the Zapruder film smuggled out from under the claws of Time Life magazine. So basically, what happens was uh, the Zapruder films the assassination. The Secret Service grab him. They go somewhere. They develop the Zapruder film. They see Kennedy's head explode, and they're like, "Oh wow! You literally just documented the assassination on videotape." They make a couple copies for themselves. Zapruder gets a copy to keep for himself. And he makes Zapruder, a secret one. Well, Groden makes a secret one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but so Zapruder's copy is sold to Time Life for a bag of cash. Time Life locks it up, and a lot of this is because Zapruder himself did just didn't want the tape to get out. Um, there's, uh, I mean, Lord knows exactly how it all happened, but. There's a movie called Parkland, which is a very, which is a Oswald Dunn did it movie. And it's more about like the minor people, like the doctors and Zapruder and the people and a bit of Oswald and Oswald's family. It's more about the the small people and not like Lyndon Johnson and Kennedy and the big, the big shots. And in, um, in Parkland, Zapruder's having this conversation with the guy from Time Life. And he's just like, I I really don't want this to get out. Um, this was a very dignified man who met a very undignified end. I really don't want you to publish the headshot and all this kind of stuff. And that was kind of the, like Zapruder had publicly stated that he had this nightmare of going, walking by a movie theater and the movie theater having like a banner that said, see the president get killed. Like that was his like, great concern was that the the film was just going to make it into the public and be this like just snuff film that people were going to be able to see at their leisure which sorry Abe it happened <laughs> Roden did it for you he was like yeah. I'm going to make a secret copy and Soledad's going to call me a whistleblower <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm going to steal Time Life's intellectual property against their wishes, make a illegal copy of this video, then air the video on Geraldo Rivera's television show. Next to Dick Gregory, famous comedian. (laughs) Yes, next to Dick Gregory, parentheses, famous comedian. And the best part about this is Rob Reiner has this super weird reaction to it. So 
this is a podcast, so we can't see the Zapruder film being aired. But basically, uh, Groden's just like, everybody, this is super gruesome. I mean, honestly, this is gory as fuck. Avert your eyes if you have any squeamishness at all, because you're about to see the most horrible thing you could imagine. And then there's silence, because they're playing the Zapruder film, and the Zapruder film has no noise. And then after, like, 20, 25 seconds of the silence, you just hear the crowd go, oh! <laughs> and Rob Reiner's like, they just saw the president get assassinated. And it's like, no shit! <laughs> like, like, Kennedy isn't some vague historical figure that people learn about. This is only 10 years after his assassination. These people lived through the, pres- the Kennedy administration. A lot of them were probably very young when he died, and it was incredibly traumatic to them. And now they're finally seeing it happen. And they're seeing this super gory, super brutal video of a guy that was the president in their lifetime. Of course they're going to react in horror. Of course they're going to be like traumatized and shocked by it. And, And it almost feels like to me that Rob Reiner's like saying it because... The audience is like, oh, my God, his head went back into the left. The government was lying this whole time. And it's like, no, Rob, they're reacting that way because they saw his head explode. Like, they're reacting because of a cloud of blood. Yeah, they're well, reacting- his head goes back. He's like, there's no way his head could have come from back. It, it would have had to come from behind. Like, Rob, no, like, inter- interjects to let you know. Yeah, yeah Rob <laughs> just jumps right in and is like, back into the left proves a shot from the front. Boom. Yeah. Like, Warren Commission debunked. How do you like them apples? And it's just like, <laughs> Rob, buddy, calm down. Like, because we'll, 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 again, he doesn't even really get into it. It's again, it's all tone and inflection. This is literally the courtroom scene from JFK. Back into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. Five minutes later, back into the left. And it's like, that doesn't cover it because there have been numerous explanations as to why his head did what it did after it exploded. Like bullets aren't movies. This isn't theater. Like physics doesn't work that way. There's a lot more to it than just, Oh yeah. The bullet hit hit him from the front. That's why he went backwards. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And Rob doesn't even argue his point. He just, again, flatly states back in the left, Proof of conspiracy. Done. Nailed it. And then Solid Ed's like, no, no, Rob, we have eight more episodes. And then Rob's <laughs> like, damn it. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll string this along for more content. I, I apologize, but I, I just thought we clo- we, we, we we just closed the case. Back into the left. It's like it's- I love that the, the Zapruder guy was like, This is not this is not, I'm dignified. I don't want to see gore porn in the theaters. This will not be my legacy. And Groden's like, this is going to be my legacy. And I'm going to sell magazines with his head blown up, like on the grassy knoll. And I'm going to attack my sign literally on the fence that says, this is the famous grassy knoll by my book. 
Just the complete opposites, you know? Inside of you, there are two wolves. <laughs> yes, inside of you are two wolves. The man who just wants to make a quick buck from Time Life but doesn't want the video of the president head exploding to get out. And then the guy who's just like, here's here's my ultra-blown-up head explosion frame. <laughs> 16 by 18, autographed by Robert Grodin. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, this is individually numbered. There's only 500 of them ever made. <laughs> oh, my God. He's selling Kennedy brain explosion NFTs. I mean, it's just it's just all of that. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Okay, I have to talk about Dick Gregory because I think this guy okay. is interesting. He was part of the doubters movement also. And that was the people that were just like, they would meet up for conventions and they would share all their their conspiracies about JFK dying and also like any so-called evidence they had, um, which is how he met uh grodin that grodin and dick gregory met at one of these doubter conferences which i thought was funny but anyway dick gregory is an interesting guy if you guys look him up listeners you'll probably recognize his face because he's a pretty famous um black comedian who recently died i think not even that long ago yeah he died back in 2017 um he was pretty actually this is an interesting character because he's actually pretty like based on he like he was part of the anti-apartheid movement um he was like part of like pretty uh a pretty big figure in the civil rights movement um he's he's a pretty big figure in like the early like the the second wave feminist movement um he uh he he did a lot of uh native rights protests back in the day um he he does he's he's does stuff with animal rights and vegan rights um you know he's just like this interesting guy but then also he's like hey you know what else i believe in i believe that the moon landing is fake and 9-11 is fake and also the jfk assassination is a um lie um also i'm gonna go on infowars so that's this guy he's a little bit of a interesting character he ran for president actually back um like in the day uh it was like a third party like peace party type shit he he used to like hang with hugh hefner you know hunter thompson voted for him when he ran for president it's just like an interesting dude yeah the peace and freedom party um in 1968 um so anyway just an interesting guy in my opinion uh yeah go on mike uh the dick gregory story i thought he was an interesting character in this oh yeah and, and that's the thing is like it, it's it I, I do enjoy this in the sense that it just shows that left-wing people can get justice pilled on these conspiracy theories because nowadays like the anti-vax the anti-vax movement was really a left-wing thing before the right-wing co-opted it but nowadays, when you think conspiracy theories, you think of the right, and it's like, no, the lefties can get down these weeds too, as we see with, like, I mean, Rob Reiner is going to either mail in his ballot or uh, walk to the ballot box and proudly vote for Biden-Harris in 2024. He's so Biden-pilled. If, listeners, look at his timeline. Look how Biden-pilled he is. Yeah, He's I also mean, just, just saying, like, <laughs> nuts. Yeah, the the Rob Reiner is as normie a Democrat as you can get, and yet this guy is doing a ten part series about how the CIA killed Kennedy, which I mean, it's just holy smokes! Like how how wild is that? So 
Dick Gregory, after the Zapruder film gets played, basically gives this impassioned plea where he's like, Congress, somebody, somebody's got to reopen this investigation. Somebody's got to actually do a real hard-hitting analysis of what actually happened to President Kennedy on that tragic day. And I, I beg of you, like, America is going to go down a dark road if we don't actually address what happened in Dealey Plaza. And the Zapruder film did cause an outrage and people did freak out. And the House Select Committee on Assassinations is formed. And uh, the thing about this is, is that Rob Reiner just absolutely doesn't get into the House Select Committee on Assassinations at all. He does this little thing about how the lead investigator gets fired because he wouldn't play ball. Then they get the second guy in and the second guy is trying to do his level best to make it work. But then the second guy gets kneecapped by this guy named George Joannides, who is secretly like helping the CIA undermine the, the investigation. And they reveal that the guy who ran the House of Tomino Assassination didn't know about George Joannides' duplicity. And they interview him and he's like, oh, if I'd known that son of a gun did this, I would have had his ass on the stand so fast his head would have spun. Oh, darn you, Joe Giannides, you no good so-and-so. Oh, I can't believe you double-crossed me. And like the and that all happens. And then Reiner says that the House of Committee on Assassinations concluded that Kennedy was probably killed as a result of the conspiracy, but they didn't name who it was. And the way Reiner is explaining this to you is that it sounds like George Joannides, who is, man, my God, the man has like a two sentence Wikipedia. He is a nobody. <laughs> Listeners, look at the Wikipedia. I was like, who is this guy? And even, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a funny. The JFK facts guy gives you this guy's story because he broke, he wrote a story, but he wrote a book about him. Yeah. And I was like, why is the JFK facts guy in this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, but it, so basically the, the story that Rob Reiner is selling you is that the House of Committee assassinations concluded it was a conspiracy and they only didn't blame the FBI or the CIA because of that no good George Joannides. And that's where we stand where the Warren commission said it was Oswald and the House Select Committee on Assassination said it was a conspiracy. So uh, conspiracy theorists and Oswald truthers are tied 1-1 in official government conspiracies. That is what you would believe if you just like let this podcast end and went to the next podcast and didn't do, did, didn't do it. Do it. Did not do any digging. Did not, quote unquote, do your own research. So, Haley, would you like to know what the House Select Committee actually fucking said about what happened? Um, well, you know, they didn't, um, question, they didn't, they didn't include the words mafia in it enough. So that was the, War that was the Warren Commission. They were very oh, mad. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. 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 Oh, they were, they were super mad that the mafia wasn't brought up in the Warren Commission. Enough. Literally like, Reiner shouts, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's so funny. He was like, oh, uh, the mafia wasn't mentioned in it, and uh, they asked, "What was it, Robert Brakey, or yeah, something?" So, yeah. Like, right. oh, would that have changed the status of the investigation? And <laughs> Reiner just shouts in your ear, 
Like, yeah. there you go. That's proof. That's proof it's fake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I do want to know what the actual uh, House Select Committee on Assassination. I went to the Wikipedia and like read their fi- findings because like um, you didn't get much from this episode about it <laughs> no so the house like to me assassinations uh declared that oswald fired all the shots into the limo that did damage the house like to me assassinations re-, re they they reaffirmed that the magic bullet the single bullet was real and the single bullet did all the damage that the warning patient said it did they reaffirmed that President Kennedy was hit in the back of the head and the right side of his head exploded, just the same way as the Warren Commission said. Actually, they moved the entry wound up a few inches from where the Warren Commission said it was. And that made the autopsy doctors that um, our heroes are extremely mad at. Uh, they were furious about that. But uh, the, the House of Committee on Assassinations looking at the x-rays was like, yeah, the bullet hit him basically dead center of the, the, in the back of his head, and then it exited the right side of his skull, and that was it. So they said all of this. They then stated that a fourth shot was fired from the grassy knoll that missed, and they don't know who fired it. They don't know whatever. Basically, Oswald's buddy Steve decided to, like, Oswald was like, I'm going to shoot the president. Steve, get the grassy knoll take a swing at him while you're doing it. And Steve was like, you've got it, Lee. And then Steve just ran away and no one caught Steve. So way to, way to get away with it, Steve. Nobody saw a- it. Nobody, nobody yeah. caught the, nobody immediately tackled the guy. Right. That's the thing that's like so funny to me about this is that again, if you go to the grassy knoll, if you go to Dealey Plaza, the grassy knoll is not exactly a well-obstructed location. If someone fired a shot from there, I don't know how they run away before the army of people comes to get them. Like, where do they throw the gun? How do they get away with it? Like, like you would have found the gun very quickly. If this like, would, it would... Grassy knoll, road, secret service everywhere. I, I'm, I'm not saying anything because I personally am not super invested in all the details, you know, but it's just like, come on, nobody saw that guy. <laughs> Basically, yeah, and, and that's the other thing is that the grassy knoll is right next to where Zapruder was filming from. So if like a couple shots came from not the grassy knoll, and then suddenly a shot from the grassy knoll blows Kennedy's head off, Zapruder probably would have just panned his camera like an extra like five feet to the right, and then just like, saw Steve with a gun going, oh, oh no, and then Steve would have shit himself and run away. I mean, because like. I think Subruder would have reacted to a grassy knoll shot because it would have been right over his ear, basically. Because again, me and me and Haley were there. Like that, the the pillar where Subruder was standing on is not more than twenty feet away from where the grassy knoll shooter allegedly would have fired from. It's it's all tight. It's it's a very small parcel of land. So Rob ignores all of this. And he has to because, again, like the the House of Committee basically says Oswald did it. But now we get to the thing where you're like, hey, but Mike, they said it was probably was a conspiracy. And there was a fourth shot fired from the grassy knoll. So defend that, Mr. Oswald apologist. It's like, probable. What? It's not. The, the fourth shot is probable, you know. Oh, it's no, not oh, a de- definitive conclusion. Oh, was, no, I'm going to. Cr- I'm going to crush the fourth shot right now. Don't you okay. worry. Don't okay. you worry. I'm just, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. No, because. Not kill the, it. Go ahead. I'm killing it. No. So what happened was, is that everything I just said about Oswald acting alone, the House Select Committee on Assassinations has basically finished their report. 
the the secretary has typed it all up. The people on the House the Committee on Assassinations are all signing their name to it. And they get down to Bob Smith, the last guy to sign it. And right as he's about to put his John Hancock on the parchment and they're about to go go out to uh, golf and, and screw their secretaries, this guy kicks down the door and is like, guys, guys, there's this recording of the assassination that we got off the motorcycle of a, of a car, a, a, a cop motorcycle that was like right next to the president's limo when he was shot. This, this recording has it all. It's, it's locked in there, baby. And the House uh, Committee on Assassinations is like, oh, man, we can get an all-expense-paid trip to Dallas on the taxpayer's dime? Let's do this. And they all fly to Dallas, and they all lock down Daily Plaza for a few days, and they all fire rifles into sandbags placed where the limo was because this Dictabelt recording, it doesn't actually have, like, boom, boom. It doesn't have gunshots on it, but it has what they call impulses, and they try to explain that, like, Oh, these impulses exist because these microphones don't record ambient noise. They record your voice. They're trained for like you press the button and you talk into it and it, it picks up your voice. It doesn't record the background, but still in the background, we can hear the gunshots if you, if you strain hard enough. And when they did, went to Dallas and they fired their gunshots into the sandbags, they did all this work when they, looked at the uh, Dictabelt recording uh, impulses, they matched with a pattern that was consistent with three shots from the school book depository and one shot from the grassy knoll. And then the House Select Committee on Assassinations was like, fuck, we, we didn't want to do this. This sucks. So they said, screw it, whatever, we have to do this. So they quickly threw a little slapdash tag on the assassination, on the thing, and they just said um, that, yeah, Oswald did it, but somebody else fired a shot. We don't know who it was. We're out of here. Don't ask us any questions. And pretty much almost immediately after that, when people started digging into the Dictabelt recording, they found that it was bullshit. Like, the Dictabelt has been discredited almost by everybody. Almost no one thinks the Dictabelt recording actually legitimately recorded the assassination as it happened and that the impulses on it indicate four shots, including a shot from the grassy knoll. And that is the only shred of evidence the House Select Committee on Assassinations used to back up their conclusion that there was, quote unquote, probably a conspiracy. It just had nothing like there was nothing to do with anything beyond that. It was just absolutely the silliest thing in the world. So I I really just think that it's so disingenuous that Rob Reiner only grabs he cherry picks. He's cherry picking that one paragraph about how and then they said it was probably a conspiracy, but because of Joe Giannides, they didn't blame the CIA. Boo hiss. And it's like, no, Rob, they literally blamed Oswald for everything. And their only reason for claiming conspiracy was a piece of evidence that got discredited almost immediately after the fact. And you know this because you're a quote unquote expert about this and you're lying to your audience about it because you have a you have a podcast of Soledad O'Brien to sell. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah, Soledad, you know. I think she's kind of like me in the sense where it's just like, sure, I'll just listen to a guy talk about the JFK stuff because she really just doesn't seem to 
she doesn't seem to care or know what Ryder's talking about. That's the thing. No offense that- to her, but it's like, lady, you're a journalist. You you should. I also like the people that I think they may be having like fact checking some of this stuff. They're probably a little bit. They're probably a little bit like Reiner too. You know. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, it, this he seems to like- have a conclusion he wants to come to. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just really wild that this this episode is just, it's so cherry-picked, and it's so disingenuous, and Rob knows what he's doing, and he doesn't care, and Soledad doesn't know the source material, because this is a perfect moment for Soledad to push back, because she, she said that in episode one, I'm going to push back when needed. Does Soledad push back and say, now, Rob? The House Select Committee on Assassinations did confirm that Lee Harvey Oswald fired all the shots that did damage in the limo. They reaffirmed that the magic bullet did happen and that Kennedy's headshot came from the rear. Did she say any of that? Of course not. She's not pushing back. She's not like giving resistance to him. She's just there for the ride. She's just there to lend her journalist credibility to this thing. That's all she's there for. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely nonsense. So, yeah. The ending of this episode and the way Rob Reiner tries to spin it is mind-blowing to me. It's really, it's deeply insulting to anyone who actually knows what the House Select Committee on Assassination said. It's, it's, it's insane. It's really insane that he's just trusting his audience not to know. I like that he, um, <laughs> then, then more ads happen. This episode has almost 10 minutes of ads. I yeah. was adding it up. Ah. Um, <laughs> Zing. <laughs> got it. Uh, but yeah, it was about it two, four, six, eight. Yeah, it's about nine-ish minutes of ads. Um, actually, it's probably a little more because I think at the end it just like plays out with like five minutes of ads. Oh, no. It play, it, Solid Ad goes through this brutal long run, credit run. Oh, it's just... Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's it's, right. A, it's a brutal credit run by Solid Ad. It is the worst so but yeah, their preview yeah. for next week is like next week then things get really unhinged and it's like yes. oh no <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah next week uh so the preview for next week is basically i'm gonna lie my ass off about the magic bullet even worse he's gonna cover this Pruder film and lie a lot about it it's super frustrating so uh yeah you get to look forward to that you get to look forward to me correcting the record on the Pruder film from the lies Rob Reiner tells it's, it's going to be absolutely magical and enchanting and I can't wait to do it. Yeah. You can watch the, you can watch that whole episode of the Rivera, the, the Rivera. Rivera. Yeah. Where uh, him and Groden and Gregory play the full clip at like the, 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 the Pruder film, but also you can watch like the full episode on YouTube. It's kind of interesting. That is a historical little bit of of, of the world. It's just mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah, uh, so we will catch you next week. It'll be magical. It'll be enraging. I hope I'll be at least a little entertaining about it. Maybe the but, two uh, clock will be down by then, and oh, the yeah. announcement will be that um, it's actually going to be twenty episodes of the JFK podcast. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> that'd be so good. So uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll catch you all next week, both for a regular Hellworld episode and for another episode of uh, Hellworld Responds to Who Killed JFK. I'm Mike Rains. I'm joined by Haley. And then he was murdered.
And then he was murdered. That's got, that's got to be episode two name. Episode two. And then he was moided. <laughs> yes. See you all later. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.